It's my prayer that when we gather together, we gather together in confidence, knowing that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. That when your word is preached, sung, or taught, your spirit accomplishes that for which it was sent. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the preaching of Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So if you haven't noticed around Bethlehem, when it comes to certain times of the year, uh, Lent is probably the classic example. Uh, we try to preach series, whether that be on the Sundays. In this year, uh, the Sunday's theme is about what Luther says or how Luther would look at the scriptures appointed for the day. When we get together here on Wednesday, I came up with a different theme. And that theme is the language of Lent. Now, the reason for this is I, I'm all too familiar with the fact that Wednesday use, Ash Wednesday usually kicks off Lent with a pretty big crowd and people pretty excited. And yet, as it goes on through week after week, people come up with other things to do. Uh, maybe it's just hard to keep the, the Wednesday set apart for worship. I also thought to myself, you know, maybe it's partly my problem. Or maybe the churches, but I don't want to blame Pastor Preem. He's pretty clear when he talks. That maybe we talk in such a way we don't even understand why of Lent. What's the purpose of Lent? And so that's what I set out this year to do, to try to talk using language of Lent in such a way that you better understand it. And so rightfully on Ash Wednesday, we picked up on the theme, we are dust and to dust will return. This is an, an exclusive Lenten theme. It is actually something we should take into consideration every day. One thing certain for all of us, either Christ comes or we die. That's what it is. I'm not trying to be morbid. I just look at history. I look at the world around me, and that's what happens. And so we should always be taking stock. The end is coming. I'm not afraid of it, but I don't want it to catch me off guard. I don't want to wait to talk to my children or to say I love you to my wife or to take the time now to say to the Lord, thank you for all you've done for me. And I want to use the rest of my life to show others of that love. We also talked about the fact that it's a family. This is a common misconception that I, I really do think the church has, a, a, has to bear the load on this one because we talk about giving stuff up. We're going to actually going to talk about that tonight. But Lent is really about building the body that all of us, and it's kind of weird because I'm looking at you spread out all over the place and you're listening online. We don't really have that physical closeness to each other. But spiritually speaking, I'm talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm talking about people that I believe are gonna, I'm going to stand next to in heaven. Well, aren't you going to stand next to your wife and children? Well, I hope they're, yeah, absolutely. But it's not so small a group that I'm not going to identify with everybody there as we worship the Lamb. And that applies to today. The church that processes their Christian faith as a group or the, is that group that is able to change and motivate the culture in which they live in, the very community. 
They see us as the people of God and how we respond together, and that's a moving thing. Lent teaches that. Last week, we talked about penance, and penance is, is really a, a frame of mind. It's a reference. It's, it's built on we are dust, but it's the fact that I do not have in myself the ability to forgive myself or to earn forgiveness. I am one that falls short of the glory of God. And I live every day thinking that way, which then moves me to repent to God, but it also moves me to repent to you when I fail, when I fall up short, or if I offended you and I didn't know what to say, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I don't go through life thinking I'm the the cat's meow or the dog's bark. I, I actually think and believe that When it comes to our relationship, I'm the biggest sinner in this room. Not like it's a contest or anything. But it helps you see relationships different when you realize you're not God. And you're not put here to judge other people. Tonight, we're going to pick up on this idea of fasting. Uh, What is it? What does it mean? And really, how does it apply text I want to start with is out of uh, Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus talking. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Fasting has been a part of the whole Lenten journey all the way back to the very beginning. Don't allow the things of the world to cloud what Jesus has done. Please understand the experience of the church when Jesus was on the cross, when he was in the tomb. For then and only then do you really appreciate and understand the new life that you've been given. A price was paid. It was paid by Jesus that we may be called his own. So this Jesus actually approves of fasting specifically for spiritual purposes. There's a spiritual dynamic when fasting is a part of your Lenten journey, quite frankly, any other time as well. It's not done to impress other people. It's not done to impress God. It's not done to feed your ego as you starve your body. It doesn't replace acts of love on a daily basis or the compassion that we show of other people. But it's true. Fasting is a blessing in your spiritual life. When Jesus talks in, in Matthew chapter 16, he is actually recalling and reflecting the words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, centuries before confronted the lack of understanding when it came to spiritual fasting in his day. 
Oh, they did it. But they didn't understand it. And quite frankly, they were doing it for the wrong reasons. He writes in chapter 58. He's being critical here. On the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Do you hear what he's saying? People turned their fast into their own idea. And then they thought, oh, look, I fasted. Dear God, hear me. And the prophet is saying, you've got to be kidding me. You call that a fast? And then he goes on and explains what a God-pleasing fast looks like. Is this the kind of fast that I've chosen? Only a day for man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and tie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wander with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. There's a spiritual aspect uh, to fasting that sets us apart as God's people, not to impress each other or to impress God, but it guides our actions. It helps us to control or practice self-control, and that's really what fasting is. A while ago, I came across a uh, Lutheran Women's Missionary League, LWML Flyer. And it kind of reflects the spirit of Isaiah. It has a Lenten theme, 40 days of love. In week one, it encourages you to write a letter to someone who needs to hear from you. Who's that? You know. Week two, make a phone call to someone you rarely call. Week three, Visit an elderly person or a shut-in. Week four, commit to pray for 10 people. It's only when we get to week five that the element of fasting is even brought into it, and it's, it's only one day. Now, that may be a shock to you because most of us associate Lent with feeling bad. Fasting for any extended period of time isn't a fun experience. I know that from my own life. God doesn't intend to you to purposely be miserable. If you think about this, this is often familiar to a slide I've used in the past when it comes to Lent as a time of prayerful change. Adding a discipline that encourages faith development or removing obstacles that hinder and hurt your life of faith. 
Now, behind this prayerful change, therefore, is this idea of control. Lent is a chance to step back and say, have I really, by God's help, been in control of my life, or has something else taken control? Is there something else that is moving in and out of my days, in and out of my thoughts, my habits, my practices? It got there for a good reason, maybe, but it stuck around for a bad reason. And there it finds itself doing more harm than good. Like I said, when it comes to let, God is not really interested in making you miserable for 40 days. And yet people think that. Lent is actually a a, a time to spend focusing on what Christ has done for you and how that applies to helping other people in their misery. Hopefully, that's one of the insights you're going to gain when you think about fasting today. Now, rigorous Lenten fasts, as I said, have been common uh, throughout the, the beginning and teaching of Lent. If you look in the medieval church, you're going to see people that would fast from Sunday noon until Saturday. Sometimes they would eat only bread and water, bitter herbs throughout the 40 days in an effort to kind of taste a little bit of the bitterness that the Lord suffered on our behalf. You've all heard of Mardi Gras, I'm sure. Uh, Mardi Gras initially was set apart as a time to kind of feast before the famine, if you will, uh, to appreciate what was coming up. And yet over over the years, Mardi Gras has termed the name Fat Tuesday. And Fat Tuesday... Like I said, originally the, the, the feast before the fast of Ash Wednesday has turned into what? It's just another opportunity to carouse and indulge your passions and appetites. They ignore the most impart, important part of the Lenten journey. The call to Lenten discipline. And that's what fasting is. It's a discipline. It's a, it's a practice. It's an attempt to develop self-control. Fasting is not there to despise the body. It is to respect the bodies as good gifts of God. I mean, if you think back into the, the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, what did he say about them in their physical form? He said, this is very good. The fact that our culture and even ourselves sometimes degrade the human body, that is not a biblical idea and it's not God-pleasing. Are we corrupt individuals? Yes. Is our body still a creation of God that was made very good, a temple of the Holy Spirit? On the last day, will we not rise in a bodily form and live with the Lord forever in the body? So when it comes to our understanding of of, of land, fasting is not meant to hurt us. Fasting is not meant to pay for sins. We don't need to punish ourselves with going out without food just so somehow or another what? We can set ourselves apart and maybe we'll, Jesus will love or forgive us more? 
what we await for on Good Friday and Easter Sunday is that Jesus completed our salvation for us. He received the punishment we deserve, and he gave to us in the place the sanctification, the holiness that he had earned for us. Punishing ourselves after Jesus was already punished? That doesn't make sense. His death was the one and only sacrifice for the sins of the world. No further atonement is necessary, nor is it even possible. Fasting is not intended to impress other people. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When it comes to fasting, it's, it's really one of those things between myself and God. And I would argue when it comes to giving up or taking on anything to practice self-control over our lives, it's not so much a public display. Look what I'm doing. What are you doing? Rather, when the body is intact and all of us in our own personal way are seeking control over our sinful life when it comes to giving up things, in this case fasting and food, the congregation itself, the body puts itself in a position of faithfulness to God where God then blesses us as his people. We're not doing it to impress God. Isaiah said, it is, this is not the kind of fasting I have chosen. I mean, is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked, to clothe him and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood? When it comes to good works, God doesn't need them. Your neighbor does. When it comes to the idea of self-control and giving things up for the purpose of, of not allowing the things of our life to control our spiritual faith, that has an edifying effect on other people. I don't know if any of you have ever done a fast purposely withholding things from yourself for the bigger good. But I'll tell you what, it's a freeing and empowering experience. You know, we have a lot of drives inside of us, things pulling in all sorts of different directions. But when we give up food, let's say, Maybe we give up that convenience store soda pop that you can get for 79 cents for like three gallons of it. Um, that's an exaggeration, of course. Um, but when we are able to say, you know what, I, I, I don't need the chocolate, I don't need the desserts, I don't need the, fo the food, what happens is you realize there are a lot of things we do without thinking. And those things that we do, a lot of them aren't really good for us. Fasting, giving up, exercising 
Self-control gives us a sense of purpose and direction. My body doesn't control me. By God's grace, I control it. My drive doesn't drive me. I can control it. And that's what we're doing when we give up something for Lent. We're actually practicing self-control. This is what Paul encourages us to do. Not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, but to live by the Spirit. And we can do that. He wouldn't tell us to not gratify the desires of the sinful nature if we couldn't. And he is reminding us to live by the Spirit which all of us possess. To acknowledge his presence in his life. And the ability that he gives to us to exercise a positive, enriching, and empowering thing like self-control. After all, one of the fruits of the Spirit, you see, is self-control. And against things, there, there, is, there is no law. God wants us to live as his children God wants us to lead a victorious life. That's why Jesus died and rose again. He didn't want to be the God of dead. He wanted to be the God of the living. He has already established victory over sin, death, and hell. And it's complete. In God's grace, he passes that victory on to us. He wants us to know the power of his spirit. In holy baptism, he made us his children and gave us the Spirit and also gave us the power of the resurrection. And he wants us to be empowered for our life. He wants us to commit our energy with joy in his service. This 40-day preparation of, of examining myself and saying, wait a minute, maybe I've got a little out of control here. Um, in light of what Christ has done for us, prepares us for that celebration. Because in a small way, a little way, we made ourselves think about it. We made ourselves not just gloss it over, not treat Lent like it was just another day of the year, But treat it as a time of reformation, a time of change, a time of renewal. How is it with your life right now? I didn't think anybody would ask, but I'm just asking in your brain. Do you have energy when it comes to serving the Lord? A direction? Do you know what power looks like? Surely you are aware of some of the bad habits that have made their way into your life. Do you know you have the ability through the Spirit of God to not live under their control? Sure, we sin, we fall short, but we don't give up the fight. We don't stop trying. Lent is a time to, to, to double down, to reestablish good habits that need to be developed in us. My encouragement is that we use these 40 days of Lent. It's a time when we can actively work on our own kind of fast. It doesn't have to be about food. 
it meets our own needs and fits our own temperament. Maybe it does fall into the form of a fast where you purposely take a, you have a fast and you take the break on Sundays, which is appropriate because Sundays are not actually a part of Lent. They remind us of the Easter joy that awaits us. It's a time to develop better habits. And I'm sticking with the food theme only because I am. Eating six vegetables, eating your fruit, drinking six glasses of water. Or you shift out of the food analogy and you tithe or you, you specifically take on a service that has to change your schedule to meet the wants and needs of others. Lent is here for us to grow stronger in our service to God. And he wants us to be able to not give in to temptations where the devil lies in wait and is already telling you, when's the sermon going to be over? Is he really serious? I've got to change something. I don't know what I'm going to change. What's that voice saying to you in your head? Does it sound like the Spirit where he's, ah, another sermon? Or do you hear the Spirit saying, you hear what he's saying? You don't have to give up. You're a child of God. God has set you apart to be his own. He sanctified you in his truth. His truth is what allows us to dedicate our life, to practice our self-control, and to once again put things in a proper perspective. And that really is the point of the Lenten fast. Every time you think of what you're giving up or you take or what you're taking on, you're reminded that this is Lent. Lent is leading us to the cross and beyond the cross to the empty tomb. We remember what Christ went through for us. And we are reminded that these are days when we reflect when we repent, and when we are renewed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.